Hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argyris and this week I'm looking for a comfort book mm. oh. to help me in their lazy boy chairs are too comfortable. <laughs> is that what that means? Is that a, a, a comfortable? Oh, yawning. This week brought to you by English lazy boy. I'm wearing my Snuggie. I have my thick Wisconsin winter socks on. And if you are looking for a comfort book this week, I recommend a book that I read in fifth grade for the first time called The Sideways Stories from Wayside School by Lewis Sacker. Satcher? Satcher. Sacker. I think Satchel. it's pronounced. Nope. Joe, I... Good work um, so far, Joe. Happy Easter, Nick. Nope. Happy 4th of July, Joe. And so, a very happy Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day this to you, lit heads. This is not making me comfortable. It's making me uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I hope like you took. Time has been I hope you all took your heart pills today, folks. <laughs> <laughs> this week, okay. This week, I brought to you a suspenseful mystery thriller about anxiety that's also very comforting, called "The Face on the Milk Carton" by Caroline. K- Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't think I did not think you, could, you were so, you that this is comfort books so you guys would be doing super comforting bits and I right. brought this heart pills and mystery thriller intro that really when you say those words in terms of uh, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of uh, um, comfort doesn't work right yeah. some words just can't be said in a relaxing way I'm I wondered about this a little bit because this of course is a lit head recommendation this week and when I saw that it was the face on the milk carton recommended for comfort week that felt like a book about a girl that got abducted or it did yeah, not feel like a comforting theme well I think to be clear we've done screwed up this theme entirely uh, based on this recommendation I don't really think it's a uh, a comforting book. I think it's a comfort book for uh, loyal lithead Lily. Mm. Loyal lithead Lily, and that's fun to say too. So it's very good. Um, Ian, maybe it'll it'll grow on you. It'll become a comfort book for you. I'm feeling super comfy right now. May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs>, 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 <laughs> Welcome, Litheads, to You Don't Know Lit, or We Clear, as we call it, Strongly Podcast, where every week, either we or you pick a theme. And Joe and Ian, two high school English teachers, bring book recommendations for it, for us, for us. I don't know why I said it like that. Forest. I slipped back into the voice again. It's very captivating. I'm back mm-hmm. into it. We did begin doing this just for Nick. But Litheads, he loves to share it with this you. This has got to be. He loves to <laughs> This has to be intolerable to listen to. Bad audio. Anyway, uh, we have some show rules to keep us on track. Rule number one, only unavoidable spoilers, gentlemen. Rule number two, in this words, Joe. And rule number three, only winning matters. And we also, of course, have our sh- our shadow rules, which are never accept candy or gifts from a stranger. Never go anywhere with a stranger, even if it sounds like fun. And if someone follows you or tries to force you into a car, run away and scream. You know, I always kind of look at strangers as friends that you haven't met yet. So take Ian's yeah. shadow rules with a grain yeah. of salt. Well, uh, my book is uh, probably factual in, in in one universe. Ian, I feel like The Lord of the Rings is your comfort book because you always tell us how, about how you read it once a year. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's certainly one of them. There are others. There are others I would say that, that fit. But yeah, like this, it's the kind of thing that you just slip into like a like a well. I have a pair of gloves, a pair of nice leather driving gloves that I've I've worn for a decade or more. Wow, Mister Toad. So comfortable, like they I, I, like literary jokes. They just slip. They just slip right into my mm-hmm. like I, my my hand slips. It's you like still it's talking perfectly about the gloves. They fit like me. a glove. You still have yeah. gloves. Yeah. I feel like one of the problems with having 130 episodes of this show is we've pretty much brought our comfort books at this yeah. point. Like yeah. the books that we read, read every year. Like like I would have loved to bring Travels, Travels with Charlie. With Charlie. I, I, I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. Yep. I would have loved to bring um Bill uh, a Bill Bryson book. The 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 one. Right. Like, um, I, I would have loved to bring like a Harry Potter book, but we kind of have an unspoken thing here where we don't really talk about Harry Potter on the show. So uh, it just becomes a lot. It just becomes a lot. <laughs> so so I did have a handful of comfort books, but um, I was super excited to revisit the one that I had this week because it was a book that like well, a comfort book. Yes. But like it was a book that I remembered very, very fondly and I've had warm memories of my entire life. Uh, Joseph, you have 30 seconds to tell me what your book is about. Nick, there's been a terrible mistake. Wayside School was supposed to be built with 30 classrooms all next to each other in a row, but instead they built the classrooms on top of one another and a building 30 stories tall. The builder said he was very sorry. That might be why all kinds of funny things happen at Wayside, especially on the 30th floor. You'll meet Mrs. Gorf, the meanest teacher of all time, terrible Todd, who always gets sent home early, and John, who can read only upside down along with all the other kids in a crazy, mixed-up school that came out sideways. Lewis Sacker, 1978. Like, I don't know, 100 pages. Wait, 1978? Yeah, so when we were doing the teaser for this episode, the, the copy I was looking at was written in 1998 or something, and that made no sense to me because I was too old in 1998 uh-huh. to have read this in fifth grade. Looking uh-huh. into it a little bit, I found out that this book and a couple of its sequels were started in the 70s and have just persisted. Um, This book was published in 1978, kind of limped along its first couple of years, like had kind of a ragtag publisher that put it together um, and eventually just caught on through word of mouth. It's never been out of print since uh, since uh, Lewis Sacker published it. So this is more of the the rolled doll um, era than um, the Huge racist roll doll. <laughs> Litheads, go ahead and listen to our roll doll episode if you want to hate the guy. Yep. It's a great way to hate uh, an author mm-hmm. that you love is just listen to any one of our episodes. Any about one them. of our episodes. Why don't, 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 don't we rebrand darkest as ruin and author of your childhood heroes? Yeah, uh, Ian, your time started about a minute ago. You're done. Okay. Just, <laughs> hey, Ian, I'm just teasing you. You can, uh, thanks, you can start right thanks. now. I appreciate right. it. Janie Johnson is just like other girls coming up on her sweet 16 birthday popular has a crush on a boy her parents are awkward but wonderful then typical she makes a discovery about her past that throws her whole idyllic life into question shit who is she really where did she come from can she trust her parents anymore this week i brought a listener recommendation from lily w the face on the milk carton joseph quick follow-up question does your uh yes or no does your uh building have a 13th floor oh great question such a good question um the question is the answer is yes oh no but if you'll allow me to elaborate i will not ian you can go first (laughs) 
It sounded like he was really just going to fucking drone on there about his book <laughs> nope, and just nope, kind of fucking. Um, yeah, you know, I say yes or no. He can't even yep. take a simple. I, you know, I said, I said yes. If you were Joe, if you were my student, write to the principal's office. Whoa. <laughs> My story doesn't have a particularly complex plot. The big twist, the, the, I, I've, I've already described it. There is a girl who is living a fairly normal high school girl life. But then she is in the cafeteria and she's looking at one of those little milk cartons. You drink milk out of in a school cafeteria. Very and this, is book, this book is written in the 1990, in the year 1990, which is when they still did this. They put photos of missing kids on the backs of milk cartons. She's looking at this this photo, and she realizes that's me. Oh, cool! Wait, <laughs> how old is this milk? And this is fiction. Yeah, yes, yes, this is fiction. Though, yes, it is old some, milk. It, it is it is new milk. It is fresh, fresh, sweet milk from the cows in West Wisconsin. Um, the book, um, the book is fiction. Though, doing research on milk cartons today, um, mm-hmm. I discovered that there were uh, instances. When kids looked, saw themselves on milk cartons and discovered that they had been kidnapped. So this is a, this did, this did historically happen. Yes. Yeah. And that's obviously, boof, that's a dark turn. I feel like it's one of those montage moments when like, like we talked about in the whodunit episode, when you see the pieces were there all along, (laughs) as soon as you see yourself on a milk carton, you're like, oh, right. But the thing is, she doesn't, she doesn't, uh, our, uh, uh, our, our main character, Janie, she hasn't had like suspicions before now, but when she sees herself, she starts to look around her house. She realizes, well, there aren't any baby pictures of me here. And then she asks if she can, she's like testing out her parents. She says, Hey, can I get a driver's license? Well, sure. Well, to get my driver's license, I need my birth certificate. Can I go get that? And they're like, we, it's in the safe deposit box. It's at, at the bank. Can we go to the bank? No, I'm busy today. Ah, oh, we got a lot to do. She she has this, this is the beautiful thing no about bank. this book. This is the super <laughs> cool thing about this book. She has a great family life. Her parents are awesome and they love her and she loves them. Okay. Right. Can, She's just been abducted. But all of the evidence seems to point to the idea that she was abducted. And when she starts remembering her past life, the cognitive dissonance is just overwhelming because she has memories. She calls them daymares of of her past life and, and the moment when she is abducted. She can't see in her memory the face of the person who abducts her, but she remembers when she was abducted. And yet her parents want her to be happy and they love her and they take good care of her and they've never like abused her. They're not so, creepy. They're, okay. they're great. They're great parents. Did you guys hear this story? Because this is a... Uh not i didn't know this is what your book about but you know okay so this just happened did you see that story about no. uh i don't i mean we were not alive at this point but uh mm-hmm. this woman uh was in the news recently uh baby melissa found after 51 oh. years through oh, my goodness 23 and me mm-hmm. uh was kidnapped what? and had no what? idea at 22 months had no idea that she was kidnapped so this like right. this is like a, national news that happened like 
this week. Well, right. I feel like baby Melissa was like, so I'm not, I did not see that this happened, but I am familiar with the phrase baby Melissa, despite the fact that it happened in 1971. Okay. I was going to ask you, are you familiar with this phrase, Joe? Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm familiar with the phrase. <laughs> yes. heads are, are you familiar with the phrase? Sound off in the comments. <laughs> thank you, Ian. Obviously. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent additions. I guess my question is, is how dark is your book? This doesn't sound comforting at all. This sounds like the opposite of comforting. <laughs> it sounds like a fake. It sounds like a, a scary abduction book. Yeah. yeah. It like sounds gaslighted terrifying. and maybe like, well, yeah. yeah. So, so the, 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 the plot of the plot of, you know, am, am I abducted? Am I not? We get confirmation pretty quick. We get confirmation fairly quickly. And I'm being vague so as to avoid spoilers. Thank you. That her parents are not bad people. Um, you can kind of see this coming. Like they they are not. They didn't. They didn't steal her. They are not her abductors. They are not her abductors. Is that right. a and major spoiler? Nope. I'm, I, there are there are there are major spoilers. Which I am I am skirting around like. Like nobody's business. They are not her abductors. Like some sort of skirting person. Yep. Like a person who skirts. Yep. Exactly. Um, so so this sort of plot of her trying to figure out and she does research and and she kind of pokes around her home and she finds, you know, finds things in the attic, which points to. Did she find a skirt? Uh, she finds a dress. She finds actually <laughs> the dress that she was wearing in the photograph on the back of the milk carton. But all of this. Wow. All of this, this mystery is really the dramatic backdrop for Janie's journey. Okay. Yep. Her kind of identity crisis. So the mystery drives the story forward, but we're really here to watch Janie wrestle with. I'm kind of two people. I'm the person that I knew, and I guess I'm sort of a different person as well. And that's what sets this story apart. That's what keeps us invested. Her struggle with who am I? The, the the depiction of like who she is and how she responds to this, her what we call in literary studies interiority, the life of the mind, her emotional reactions to things, her emotional reactions to herself. This is riveting. This is so, so interesting. The mystery story is cool. It's a great gimmick. It draws you in. But we're here for Janie. So she's asking herself, like, am I mentally ill? Am I imagining all of this or is this real? She talks about how she's kind of trapped in her mind and her body is going through the motions. Yeah. Is it like a thriller though? Or is it like a character thing? Character piece where you just kind of It's like really strange. So I would say, I would say it has the, it has the plot of a thriller. Is this a reliable narrator, Ian, or an unreliable narrator? Really good question. It is. It is a reliable narrator. Yes. Okay. It's got the, it's got the plot of a thriller, but it's got, or the, is it Joe? It's hard to say. Ian misleads us. Frequently. I haven't read it. And Ian's a liar. That's <laughs> a good point. I am an unreliable narrator. Are you guys a pigment of my imagination? <laughs> we're, part, we're part of the multiverse. Uh-oh. Um, so as far as like comfort, this book, because it represents uh, somebody's complicated struggle with who they are, uh, identity crisis. And, and do I trust my parents? And, um, Am I who I think I am? How, I'm, I'm seem to be changing. What do I do with that? I think this is why it's a comforting book because the sense of not necessarily belonging is very, very, very familiar. Ian, this, okay. this go ahead, Joe. Well, I was just going to say, I'm a little, so, so I've heard of this book before, right? This book was yes. been like kicking around for a while. 1990, you said, right? I, I want to yes. 
I want to send you the cover of this book that I remember. I'm dropping it in the chat right now. Sweet. And then I want to drop you like the recent cover of this book. Oh, we're going to do a cover competition. A, a cover, cover off. Fun, fun in the podcast form. Yes. Okay. So this top one that I just sent is like a kind of, I don't know, almost something you would see on like a Nancy Drew book or something, I think, right? Like there's a milk carton. It's in someone's hands. It says missing, but it's also like clearly hand drawn and, 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 and feels a little bit lighter. It's, it's a kid at a, at a, at a, she has lunch in school table with her lunch and, she, and there's hands holding a milk carton where it says missing. You see the picture. Yeah. An apple. Yeah. And this is the old one, Joe. This is, this the, is the one that I remember from yeah. when I was young. Okay. okay. Can you describe Ian? Can you maybe describe this second cover that I sent? Uh, artsy fartsy. Whoa. Um, the author's name, the author's it says name that right on the front. It artsy does. Fartsy. Um, Bigger than the title, actually. Crazy. The author's name is uh, is all in lowercase. Um, uh-huh. The cover is, is completely artsy-fartsy. black. It's pretty low res, uh-huh. but um, I think it's just like completely black with uh, a stylized white milk carton on it. And inside, the, it. inside uh-huh. the milk carton Fuck. seems to be a person trapped. So we have kind of like this ghostly figure of probably a girl. There's a suggestion right. of long hair. Her hand is pressing against... Um, the 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 glass of the milk carton. Oh um, my god, this is taking forever to describe. It's like a, yeah. a see through milk carton, but inside of the milk carton, you see like like a, like a the scream woman, you know, getting stabbed. Yes! It's like hands it against like, the milk carton. It's very like a ghost almost, right? Like you like she's trapped inside. I think this that second one is terrifying. I kind of thought when I when this book was suggested this week by uh, by loyal lithead Lily W. Lily, thank you by loyal lithead Lily. I kind of thought it was going to be like a fun little young adult romp. That second cover makes right. me feel like this is a harrowing tale is of a girl who's trapped. Yeah, it's a scary book. Joe, that leads me to um, my question. Great. Ian, please, please outline in excruciating detail the overt message of this book. <laughs> oh, it doesn't have one, though. I really? unless, unless the question, unless the message is like kids are struggling, uh, give them like don't don't. Don't pressure them with like expectations. That could be one. Yeah, for sure. That could be but one. But it's not, it's not really doing an overt. This is, this was a weird reading, reading experience because it was kind of unlike everything that I thought it was going to be. Every yeah. time I felt like I was settling, oh, this is a straightforward popcorny thriller. Oh, this is like high school drama. Like, okay, she's got the boy next door boyfriend um, and they're mm-hmm. going to have a romance and maybe he's, his love is going to save her. And then it doesn't. Maybe this is trying to be artsy fartsy um, young adult lit. No, no, not really. Um, maybe it's a coming of age story. No, no, it's not. It doesn't feel it feels almost more like fictionalized nonfiction than than as sort of fictionalized nonfiction. Are you just fucking mm. with me now? <laughs> no, no. Like, well, he's like, actually talking about nonfiction, fictionalized nonfiction, right? Oh, it's okay. Well, I've heard of that. Like based the, the, the based on a true story. Okay. The based on a true yeah. story thing where mm-hmm. where you've got like something that happened and then and, and in her introduction, she talks about loosely like, based. <laughs> yeah, right. It's loosely based where you can tell there are the, the general structures of reality, but um, it's 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 a story that's being spun. So it was a really weird, really weird reading experience. But I, and I didn't feel like not having the nostalgia, not having sort of been a 16 year old girl in high school. I didn't really have that. Oh, I know how this is. But I could totally see 
if you had gone through an identity crisis, if you had struggled to be accepted or to accept who you are, especially if you had had kind of like a rocky family relationship in your teens. Yeah, absolutely. This could, this could be, this could be a place where you feel seen. That leads me to a game I wanted to Yay, play. Game. This game is called Band or Grand. Band mm. or Grand. I don't care. Band or Grand. So this is either going to be the name of a band nope. or Ian's going to give us $1,000. No, neither or neither. No, this uh, is this is going rich. to be... Um, this book may or may not have spent some time on band book lists. Mm. Uh, this led me down the rabbit hole of, of band books. So there were some, Love there were some, mm. some real bangers on the band books list. Band books is band here is spelled B A N N E D. So um, the band or grand game goes pretty simply. I will read the name of a book. You tell me if it is, it, it is currently banned or if it is currently grand. And if it's grand, that means it's not banned. And, and by grand, it's just doing fine. Like, does it have to like, win no, a, no a grand yeah, I, by this, no, by this grand, metric, anything which is not currently banned is grand. So our podcast oh, hey guys, is not banned. It's we grand. are doing yeah. great. We is grand. this in the world? Yes. In real life. IRL. No, or in the United States. It's the U S banned in the U S I'm sure um, there are parts of the world where every, every one of these books is banned. Okay. Cause they're probably all in that, in that, does that include Florida as well? It does. Okay. For now, I don't know. Are you threatening to uh, forcibly secede Florida? I don't. Um, I just don't see them sticking around long term. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to break off and float away. Um, uh, Florida Lidheads, we love you. Uh, and we look forward to the day that you, um, the, the power of our podcast helps you leave Florida. Um, you, if you want an extra point, you can tell me why. You can guess why the book was banned or challenged. Love it. Yes. 50 Shades of Grey. Do we shout out? Do we yeah, buzz, buzz in? 50 Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades Great, I think, is banned buzz, buzz. because it's terrible. Oh wait, Buzz. Um, Shoot. I did hear Nick first <laughs> say the word Buzz. Um, no, I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go twist. Not banned because mm. it's terrible, and we only ban good things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good gaming the game, uh, Joe. Do you want to? Do you want to? Yeah, do that's mop pretty up good. Here? Yeah, I am going to say that it's banned here, not because it's like a, a terrible representation of like BDSM culture, but because it's just an affront on good writing and good common sense. Everywhere. Okay, um, uh, Joe, you get you do get one uh, one fascism point. Um, this is <laughs> this was number eight on the most banned or challenged. Uh, books from 20, 2010 to 2019. Um, Joe, That's do you want to act an extra yeah, point? You want an extra fascism point by for um, the reason that you think you, you gave a reason, didn't you? The real reason that I think it's banned is because it's it's a sex book. Like it's it's a kinky yes. sex book. Uh, concerns. The, the quote is yeah, banned yeah. for concerns that a group of teenagers will want to try it. All of these are direct quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Just because of this book. That's crazy. All right. Here's another one. Um, Harry Potter. Before this book. Not interested. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Buzz buzz. Nick. Buzz. Um, a little late on that buzz buzz, Joe. Well, maybe it's lag. Uh, it could be lag. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, also also banned for sure because of uh, witchcraft. Okay. 
I, Joe, <laughs> I also think this is banned for sure because of witchcraft. Okay, um, both of you get a fascism point for the the reasons, but this is not currently banned. This is not one of the banned books. Uh, it was heavily challenged and banned between two thousand two thousand nine. But oh, is this just current? Yeah, I said current at the top. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't listening Ian, okay. at all. Um, okay, the the reason I was looking for though, and again, direct quote. This was banned between 2000 2009 for characters that use nefarious means to attain their goals. (laughs) (laughs) I use nefarious means to attain all of my goals. Good. Um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Buzz, buzz. Joe, sorry, Joe. I think it's banned because I'm sure some backwards place said it was a racist book. Banned for racism. Yes, you get two fascism points because uh, it's it was banned for all. It's it's all a frequent flyer on this list. Uh, violence, racist slurs, and unsuitable to age group. Okay. Yeah. Um, to be fair, Scout at the beginning of that book is like five years old. You're that's still very lives fair. in an evil world. I'm not sure, your argument. <laughs> it's very fair. Um, yes. Of mice and men. Mm, buzz buzz Nick. Not currently banned. No, nobody cares about it. It's just like way better books. <laughs> what? Whoa, whoa, wow. buzz, buzz. I take offense Joe, to that. Joe, I buzz, buzz. Is, uh, I don't care about what Joe says. Um, I think it's also probably not currently banned. I would assume it was at one point just because I feel like popular Definitely. books just get banned. Everything's probably banned. For similar reasons as You're to, banned. Uh, you keep to it Kill up. Mockingbird. Um, but I do not think it's currently banned either. And But I also think it's a great book. And hey, you find me a better book at 100 pages. Now. Okay. Did of Mice and Men is currently on the banned and challenge list at number 28 wow. for racial slurs and racist stereotypes and their negative effect on students. Will no one huh. think of the children? All right. One more. And it's, They've all been banned so far. I would like to point out. Yeah, I've, I've cut the one. Nope. Well, Harry, maybe Harry not Potter Harry Potter. Um, also, I guess I should I should say that the face in the milk carton is currently grand. It was not banned. It, it was banned for a long time, but not not anymore. Last but not least, the Holy Bible. Oh, like the twist, the actual Bible, <laughs> the Bible, the, the buzz, actual buzz. Bible. Uh, I heard Nick. Yeah. Yes. By, Ooh, maybe that one trolling group, the church of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get the church of Satan coming down on us now. Come on. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Joe, do you want to, do you want to buzz in? Um, I guess I'm going to say it's banned buzz buzz. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's yeah. banned probably because of like, like the violence and the stoning and the nefarious you know, things. nefarious, means. Nefari- nefarious uh, ends well, to, means you guys to do attain both your get ends. A fascism point. But the reason that the whole, the Bible has been challenged on banned book lists has been, are you ready for it? Ugh. It contains a religious viewpoint. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I'd say more than most books. Most of the rest of these books are here. Yeah. You know, uh, I really think it's maybe even a little heavy handed at times. So, um, out where I live, there is a highway that runs north-south, it's U.S. Highway 395, and if you drive far enough north, you get to um, a, a state park, national park, which is the site of a former Japanese internment camp. And if you drive far enough south, you get to another one of these. And when I moved out here, I didn't really know much about the Japanese internment chapter of my right. of our history, but... Um, it's an unfortunate reality. So <laughs> Nick, Nick, how much do you know about this? What's your brush with, what are your brushes with, with this part of our history? 
I have. I think I have a decent uh, knowledge. I'm sure not a very a good one in terms of the actual history. I interviewed a guy once who uh, his grandparents were interned. Oh, really? When I was growing up, we did not learn about this. Nope. I, I don't think. Nope. But by the time I was a teacher, we were teaching about it, right? So, like, there was this, like, weird thing that happened between the time I was, I don't know, in seventh grade and 27 yep. <laughs> uh, that that we became aware of it and started teaching it to our youth. Well, this is a Lithead recommendation. Uh, it is. Uh, Loyal Lithead Sam uh, mm-hmm. recommended um, the theme in a book. I'm going to read a book called No, No Boy by John Okada. This is a hard book to find um, for reasons that we'll discuss next week. Um, but the people, the, the Japanese people um, in uh, Japanese Americans um, were asked if they wanted to kind of pledge allegiance to the U.S. and serve in the armed forces. This is a way to kind of like coerce them into into, um, you know, taking taking the oath and, and being let out of the camps and. Some people said, I'm not going to. And these people referred to as the No-No Boys. So uh, I will be reading No-No Boy by John Okada. Beautiful. And I'm reading the book that's very easy to find and being widely promoted. Um, George Takei has written a book that has been turned into a graphic novel about his experience growing up in an internment camp in California. Uh, George Takei, of course, famous uh, actor. He was Commander Sulu on the original Star Trek. And I'm excited to read a graphic novel. I revisited the book that I um, actually had read to me when I was in fifth grade. Do you remember when you're a kid in school? Uh, you might not remember this. When your teacher would do like a classroom yeah. book, right? Like, so like you would have your book that you were reading for school and stuff, but then your teacher would also read you a book as a class. This is one of the, well, I guess it's one of the earlier classroom books that I remember. And it's called The Sideways Stories of Wayside School. As I said in my promo and in my pitch, that it is about a school that has been built not the long way, like most elementary schools are, but the tall way. This reminds me of um, my wife and I's first house that was designed by um, college students uh, at the local college. And instead of building mm-hmm. a house, they built... I'd say closer to a fun house. Fun for them, not for us. Uh, It it was four stories, each story possibly a hundred square feet. Yeah, it was it would Ian, he's not <laughs> exaggerating by much. Like like the they did stories it the wrong were way. tiny, but there were more stairs in that house than I've ever seen. Was it like a brownstone, like one of those stack 'em up types mm-hmm. that you see in New York City? Uh yeah, but worse. Yeah, but worse. It it was a very odd place. We can move past it. Joseph. Nick Wayside School was built sideways. It's 30 stories tall. I guess 29 if you don't count the 19th floor, which definitely doesn't exist. And wild hijinks happen on each one of those 30 stories. Oh, this is the organizing yeah, principle. It is the organizing principle. Um, it's 30 stories tall. This book is 30 chapters long. Each chapter is dedicated to a single student in this class of Wayside School. And they all have some weird stuff going on. And that's actually the first thing I like about this book. Weird this, stuff. This book, it, it literally is called Stu- Things I Like, Weird Stuff Happens in this book. There's a very book. A-type personality author here. They're like one character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nick, can I just break off some of the <laughs> weird stuff? Joe's just waiting to go on to his next point. <laughs> what the hell am I going to say? <laughs> I, well, I, th- I think you're going to think he's less like A-type after you hear about the weirdness. Because Okay. But, yeah. In one of the chapters, 
a new kid shows up at school and he's wearing a raincoat, but it's not raining outside. So they take off his raincoat and underneath it, he's wearing another raincoat and they take off his next raincoat and he's wearing another raincoat. And by the time they peel to the bottom of all the raincoats, the new kid is actually a dead rat. And that's the chapter. Um, okay. Joe, is this? Uh, did you accidentally bring an R.L. Stein Goose Bamba <laughs> uh, book? Oh, there's a chapter about a boy named Damon, Nick, and Ian, and um, they're watching a movie in class. But they want to invite somebody from the first story of the school up to the thirtieth floor to watch a movie. So they send Damon down to invite the guy, and the guy says, "I don't know. What's the movie about?" And Damon doesn't know, so he runs up all thirty stories and he asks his teacher, and she says turtles, and he runs back down and he oh, says it's man. about turtles, and then the guy and like I feel that guy's pain. Yeah, he is up and down the steps, up and down the steps, up and down the steps all day, just like Nick's weird closet house. Um, and when he gets to the top at the end, he has to write an essay, but he dropped his pencil on the way back up to so prevent it from happening oh, again. No. His teacher asked that all the students write their names on their pencils, and then Damon can't figure out how to write his name on his pencil with his pencil. I feel like you could tell us the entire book within you this like, podcast you could just tell us each one like i could just break off each just one of these 30 yeah like it's it's full of just all sorts of weird stuff there's a chapter with like people flavored ice cream which sounds morbid mm. and gross but is actually like That's kind of actually sweet delicious nice but <laughs> uh, the 17th chapter is told backwards like it's like a quentin tarantino film kind of i don't know like it, there, there's a there's one chapter where the children swap names and then they all lose the actual ability to tell each other I think we got it after the first the one, Joe. The dead um, rat thing, yeah. Yeah, was got, good. yeah. Why? Okay. Why is this house like this? Why is this building? Why is the school? How much is this book for children? Okay, <laughs> it is like super for kids. Um, all of these stories start with premises that feel very kid-like. Like they feel like things that you remember from being a kid in school. Like there is a little boy who just wants to pull the pigtails of the girl in front of him. And then that devolves into like a short little Rapunzel chapter in which he falls out the window and she has to rescue him. There's like a little girl who's missing her two front teeth. There's a boy in a class who's a tattletale. Like all the premises of these stories start very much in kid world, right? Very much as like things that kids would recognize as as things around them. They then go on to become surreal they become like absurd in a lot of ways they become very like silly and slapdash and slapstick and uh, depending on the story slap slap and tickle um (laughs) (laughs) worse that was joe found the way to make it worse really make it worse with that last Mm -hmm. one Joseph, please stop telling me things that happen. Okay. Tell us, tell me about the author. Okay, yeah, the guy, the author is a guy named Lewis Sacker. He's got kind of an interesting story. He's um, Wayside School is probably his second most famous book that he's ever written. Uh, he wrote a little book called Holes that I believe. Ian oh my has god, to the I remember this book. Yeah, yeah. it's. Yeah, I remember, we talked about this well, last week remember, on the teaser. No, I don't remember the book. I remember the cover mm-hmm. for the book. <laughs> it's like a really yeah, it's tall got, it's building and there's like people sticking out of 
all the yes oh windows. my god you, you're talking about wayside school yes you remember this We're witnessing oh. live comfort happening on oh, air wow this it's, is i'm overcome with nostalgia joe Thank is comforting joe. Nick it feels like an Nick old is comforting friend, joe doesn't it nick Leadheads, i hope today you feel comforted okay as well, now i'm uncomfortable as again. Shut up <laughs> what uh joe tell me about the author i'm sorry yeah no so lewis sacker is a guy who wrote a book called holes um the wayside story is his second most famous book holes is a book that i think ian brought to the show at one point did he not yeah i think we've talked about that yeah, yeah we talked about it won a bunch of prizes um movie he, adaptations i think shia labeouf he actually talks about holes as the crowning achievement of his life, which I thought was really nice. But then I saw that he had a daughter and I'm like, I feel like most people say their kids are their biggest achievement. And he's like, nah, I wrote this great book. Won a national book award. Yeah, um, for sure. For That'd sure. be way better than having a kid. Wait, and you know how many idiots have kids? Uh, he went to UC Berkeley. While he was there, he took a class where he worked in an elementary school. He said it was a really good deal. He's like, it was just like a normal class. I got credit for it, but I never got any homework and I just went and hung out with kids all day. Uh, he got to know the kids and this idea for this book sparked with him. He graduated with an economics degree and he went after school to work in a sweater factory. Um, after about nine months in of China? working at that sweater. No, I, I think in like San Francisco. They, oh, they made him in... <laughs> Got it. Okay. They used to Fancy make them sweaters. sweaters. Uh, he got fired from that job. So he decided to go to law school. Uh, this is just a classic path. I love it. He got fired from that job, decided to go to law school. The whole time he's drafting the book that will become Wayside School. Um, he graduated law school, passed the California bar. This is like the 60s. Yeah, this would be like the late 60s, early 70s. This would be that's happening. such a like a 60s, 70s college story where it's mm -hmm. like, man, I guess I'll be a lawyer. It's like, wow, college is not like that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> didn't, didn't make it at the sweater factory. <laughs> and it was $200. <laughs> so yeah, he became a lawyer and he worked at that until he made that sweet, sweet money from his wayside book. Um, Actually, it took him quite a while to, to support Be himself. honest with me. Are there any talking points you have left that are exciting? to you. Oh, I, I think, I think two. Um, the first talking point I have left that's exciting to you is the first chapter of this book is actually something that he wrote in high school. Um, he had to uh, write something in high school. He wrote this story about this really mean teacher who turned her children into apples. Like she had magic powers. So when she was upset with a student, she would wiggle one ear Poetic. and then wiggle the other. And then she would wiggle her nose and turn her into an apple. Oh, uh, does she eat them? Well, she puts them on her desk. And then everybody who visits her room thinks that she's a really good teacher because her desk is full of full apples. Of apples. Yeah. Like at one point she has four students left Brutal. in her class and like 22 apples on her desk. And the people are like, oh, she man. must be just an amazing teacher. I'm also like, as I'm hearing this, the sort of grotesquery, I really wonder about like a direct line from this to your RL Stein. Okay. Um, Cause it, it feels like, it feels like not just, not just like it's grotesque, but also this, this, hey kids, this, the thing that you expect, the normal, the normal thing, whatever that is, your teacher has apples on mm -hmm. her desk. We're going to make that spooky. Yeah. Well, and that feels like what every chapter of this book is to an extent, right? Like here's this normal thing that you recognize. Um, and here is us twisting it. The one thing I would like to say is when you read this book, I feel like, you know, I know I told stories about dead rats and teachers turning kids into apples. This book never feels spooky and cow heads. This book never feels menacing. It never feels spooky. It never feels scary. This book feels huh. adventurous and like 
maybe like quirky. It feels madcap is what it feels like. It is like a madcap adventure the whole time. It is not scary. It doesn't feel like kids are dying. It does not feel like kids are dying. And to me... (laughs) And when they do, so it feels great, great sell for it, though. It, you don't even notice the kids are dying. That's how much fun this book is. Well, to be fair, it, it, the impression is that like the kid that was a dead, like he was a dead rat the whole time. It wasn't a dead kid. It was a very sneaky dead rat. It sounds like very Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, too. Yeah. OK, that's like the best thing about this book is I think when I read this book, I see like the seeds planted of like magical realism or the seeds planted of like absurdist literature, right? Like when you read something like Catch-22, right? It's it's a very adult version of this, right? Like it's this world that absolutely does not make sense. It's like very satirical. It's told, right? This book feels like Catch-22 for fourth graders, right? Like it is, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it plants the seeds of silliness and for you to expect it. I was surprised when I was reading reviews of this book, how many people in the reviews basically talked about this book as a gateway drug and how many people in the reviews had the same experience that I did with this book, which was, hey, I haven't read this book in years. My fourth grade teacher read this to me and I've been thinking about it on and off ever since. Like it is absolutely. I can't pick up an apple without thinking about it. (laughs) That that mean gateway to what? Hardcore drugs. (laughs) a gateway to heroin no i think i think it's a gateway towards like toward to like unexpected literature i think it's a gateway towards like absurdist literature right like it it i i don't want to say it primes you to expect it but i think it's just like your first taste of a book being different right like when you read a book like um the girl in the milk carton like that's a very internal journey it's like mirrored by an external mystery right like that's cool but it's also like something that you've kind of seen before there's a lot of like mystery books no but my my point with it was that i hadn't seen something like this before and so i think that this is maybe a point of commonality where where neither of these books like this book was comforting or it's a comforting memory for you and my book is a comforting memory for memory for memory for lily these books are maybe comforting because they showed us the possibilities right they showed us what books could what books could yeah, do. Here's a neat books, trick a book like, can pull off, right? Here's something that you can right. see. Before. And then we have nostalgia. We have uh, comfort and memory of that. Yeah. I know a lot of people feel this way about Roald Dahl. And as you're talking about this book and its um, similarities, its resonances with, with Catch-22, I remember remembering that we talked about Roald Dahl as basically kids version of Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah, right. And it, it feels the same sort of way. Yes. Yeah, so I I really enjoyed rereading that. I mean, I think the whole thing took me about an hour to read this time, which was great. Um, A lot of the reviewers are uh, actually elementary school teachers or people who read this book to somebody. And the thing that they say Mm -hmm. in almost all the reviews is, this is the one book I read to my class where they're begging me to read another chapter. Like, this is the one book I read to my kid at night where she's begging me to read another chapter. And it really speaks to because revisiting it and maybe I'll bounce into Tiffany's here a little bit revisiting now. I think anytime you revisit a book that you remember fondly, but it exists purely in your memory, you're going to be let down by it for a little bit. Right. I, reading this book as a 37 year old man, it doesn't hit me the same <laughs> way that it did when I was in, in Mrs. Anderson's fifth grade class. Right? 37. You're so fucking old. I'm Joe. so old, guys. Oh, it's, my it's, goodness. I know. I, I'm Ian, aging how old before are you? our eyes. 
Old enough to know better. Still too young. Touche, Ian. (laughs) Touche. So yeah, so if I had one Tiffany's revisiting this book, like it's it's it 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 struck me as a kid's book when I revisited it, right? Yeah, but well it is. But when I think of the impact that it had on me and I read the reviews, it's clearly a very important book for a lot of people. And I think that's pretty Mm. cool. And I'm I'm happy to have um revisited it. It feels like an old friend. Welcome back to Tiffany's. Ian, Joe already went. <laughs> Tell me something terrible about your book. Oh, uh, my, my, uh, my Tiffany's, my, my safe space for, for this book for Facing the Millet Carton is that the rhythm of the plotting is kind of weird to the extent that I, as I was reading, I was like, wait, why is this happening now? It should have happened earlier. Or isn't this feeling a bit rushed? Um, a lot of people agree this is a great book, but it's not the best written uh, as I was reading reviews, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of uh, everyone agrees on that, and I would say I do too. Um, the, the rhythm, the plot, the plotting is okay, kind of weird. poorly written. And Joe is your book is for children. My book um, is for children. This has been not taken into consideration. <laughs> All right, and we do believe you, Joe. Your book immediately showered me with nostalgia, but I don't really remember the mm. book. Yeah, why seem- do you remember the cover? Like, where have you seen this before? I'm sure, I read, I'm sure I read this book at some point. Got it. Does that shock you? Uh, well, that wasn't even so on little. the table for him, Ian. That wasn't <laughs> even like, but how did you know it had a like, book wait, cover? have you seen books? Fucker. You must have walked past it in a bookstore once. Yeah, Joe, you lose. Ah, dang. <laughs> Dang, dang, dang. I had a quote to go ready to go. Those last little book. insults you get in there, Joe. <laughs> you twist the it's, just, it's always worth it. It's I always the best like, of them, Joe. Uh-huh. All right. Well, congratulations, Ian. Congratulations, Lidhead. Um, Lidhead, um, we love it when you suggest themes to us. You, we love it when you when you suggest books to us. If you want to do that, you can head on over to you don't know litpodcast.com. Suggest a theme, suggest a book, or as Ian likes to put it, suggest a sticky. No, request a sticky. Um, request is taken you can review you can rate you can like you can subscribe you can post your spotify wrapped with our podcast at the top of it you can do all that good stuff please please Um, however the number one thing that you can do to make more lit heads is to go out and find one and grab them by the shoulders and say listen no just tell a bookish friend that that's all you have to do so yeah congratulations ian um yeah that's it well done and congratulations to the Wayside School for being 30 stories tall. I'm going to read you a quote from early in the book when Janie has discovered that something's not right. And I talked a little bit about the mind-body duality, how she's, she, her, her mind is um, kind of working on its own and, and she feels like, like, a, like a traveler in her own skin. And this articulates that really, really well. Janie learned that her body could function without her. She lived entirely inside her mind that day, searching her memory like a little kid, going through an encyclopedia trying to find the right heading. Jane Elizabeth Johnson, kidnapping of. Her body, including her voice, her smile, even her knowledge, during six periods she was actually able to answer questions in biology lab, continued to work properly. How interesting, Janie thought clinically, my body doesn't need me. She had a sense of herself being brain-dead, running on tubes and machines. Inside, her mind spun. It was like having a color wheel for a brain. 
When it slowed down, things were separate, like primary colors. I have a mother and father. I have a childhood. I was not kidnapped. Kidnapping means bad people. I don't know any bad people. Therefore, I am making this up. But when her mind speeded up, the colors blended dizzily. That is me on the milk carton. I, Janie Johnson. I was kidnapped.